You're listening to GP Works, the podcast for and about general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. I'm Aileen O'Mara, and in this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Sean Owens, who's a member of Irish Doctors for the Environment and the ICGP Sustainability Working Group, to talk about how GPs can help protect the environment and planetary health. Welcome to GP Works, Dr. Owens. Oh, thank you, Eileen. <laughs> Great to have you here. So who are Doctors for the Environment? What do you do? Uh, well, Irish Doctors for the Environment um, actually date back to the 1980s. Um, it was an actual GP from Tipperary, Dr. Pat Harold, who founded them, and maybe they came around at the wrong time. Um, their uh, work uh, petered away over the over the years, and then they were refounded, if you will, in 2018 by um, by five NCHDs, and um, now the numbers uh, are two to five hundred strong, and. Um, yeah, we're a group of healthcare professionals, including GPs, who advocate for um, planetary health, which is to say that human health is really a continuum of all of the natural systems upon which we depend, and the natural systems that we're determined to <laughs> undo <laughs> currently. Um, so that's really what we are about. We uh, advocate for um, awareness and uh, research, and to bring planetary health onto the uh, curriculum and crucially into our consultations. When we hear about planetary health and we hear about you know climate change, we think of you know everybody kind of reducing their carbon footprint. But for doctors and for healthcare, the carbon footprint of healthcare is actually very high, isn't it? Yeah. Well, a landmark uh, paper by Healthcare Without, Without Harm in two thousand nineteen estimated that if healthcare were a country. It would probably be one of the top five in the world, even beyond the likes of Brazil, which we associate with uh, having a huge carbon footprint. No, it's egregious, and all things are not equal. It tends to be the more Western, the less efficient the healthcare system, the bigger the carbon footprint. Um, So we have our own bit of housekeeping to do in the climate crisis. But beyond that, there's a lot we can say and do to tackle um, the carbon emissions outside of healthcare. So it's a a huge opportunity for healthcare to, to, to step into. So doctors listening to this now, GPs listening to this podcast, you have an infographic up on the website, on the ICGP yes. website, which uh, if, if people type in planetary health will come up. And the infographic gives some very practical advice on how to reduce your footprint. Tell me about that. Well, the challenge here, Eileen, was to reduce four and a half billion years of the Earth history, all of this organic matter beneath our feet that we are going to put into the air and our oceans over the next you know, 100 years. Um, to bring that not only into one A4 page but into our consultations. How do you do that? Um, well, the infographic, yes, please do refer to it. Uh, it's divided into three parts. First part is to say that this is um, the challenge of our times, the biggest health threat the 21st century beyond COVID, beyond any other uh, pandemic. Um, the second part is to say, well, where is the carbon? And it's all in our consultations. You know, there's so much that we can do. And then the third part is our own housekeeping. Um, now we've done some uh, focus groups at a council level, at a membership level, one of the winter meetings, to ask GPs, busy time poor GPs, where, where is the carbon? And we are uh, fixated with the carbon that we can see, you know, talking specifically about plastic waste. And we see that. But that is, in fact, a rather small part of the emissions. So the infographic was to try and direct us towards where the emissions really are. And there's about six places the big one is our prescribing and within that the hot spot is inhalers particularly the spray inhalers and um, another one would be antimicrobial prescribing uh, lifestyle advice dietary advice and now you start to realize 
this isn't so scary. This is actually what we do anyway. And with the likes of chronic disease management, it's what we're kind of paid to do anyway. So there's lots of opportunities for us not to do only pull our own weight, but to actually lead on this you know, uh, challenge of our times and to show not just national leadership amongst the other healthcare professionals and colleges, but, but global leadership. There's not enough people talking about this. And um, yeah, it's like pushing open doors at the minute. I think what we wanted to say from the infographic was that planetary health just asks us to be our best selves, that is evidence-based, patient-centered, holistic, and to use uh, the communities in which we, we live and work as a resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you, you have a, a blog there that you, you, you sent on to me um, in advance of this recording and it talked about a tree outside your, your practice. And during COVID, when people were waiting outside, you were encouraging them to go over to that tree and, mm. and, and look at it and experience it. Well, I mean, it actually comes back to um, the evidence base. And I think any um, GP or trainee or program director listening to this will, will um, talk at length about evidence based medicine. If you take any uh, algorithm for chronic disease, heart disease, diabetes, cancer prevention, the first step is always lifestyle advice. And within that is a huge longitudinal evidence base for spending time in green spaces and blue spaces. Time in nature is uh, being associated with lower cortisol, lower blood pressure. We kind of knew all this, and I think inherently we know it. But it's slipped from um, our conversations and our consultations, I think. Um, we qu- can be quite algorithmic about prescribing um, uh, pharmaceuticals. And my background is in pharmacy. Uh, I, I stand over that. There's a, there is a good evidence base. But quite often we use that evidence base in, in weak and moderate evidence uh, backgrounds. But the grade A level one evidence actually all lifestyle so not just going out to to hug the tree if you will um, which has no side effects incidentally unless you trip on a route and um, uh, you know a healthy diet there's nothing less controversial than to advocate for adding more plants or to to do a bit of cycling specifically if it's active transport to get to work just specifically about the tree yes we, we just noticed that it's a bit atypical and our next door neighbor it turns out was the uh, former, um, you know, can we forget this wrong, but uh, chief, if you will, of the Botanic Gardens, and he was able to tell us all about it. It's about 300 years old, and it's an elm. They're really rare, Eileen. Um, there'd be very few elms in Ireland, and um, they're all tracked and typed and tagged. And um, this one, for some reason, has avoided Dutch elm disease. So it's a kind of a monument, and I think it's a salutary lesson that we're just through a pandemic, uh, we are not impervious to um, pandemics. Uh, we had our own human one, but um, uh, and we're living in a time of biodiversity decline. And bringing it back to planetary health, we depend on biodiversity and natural systems. So it was a nice reminder, and um, like I say, a nice way to break up the waiting room. And when doctors talk about planetary health, maybe people listen in a way that may not necessarily listen to other groups talking about planetary health. Would that be true? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, this is why it's important for us to bring it into our consultations is that we're most likely to advocate for it whenever someone comes to your doorstep looking for a vote. We're more, um, we've got great traction at a political level um, and we've seen that with uh, COVID-19. Public health led the way and um, made some very di- difficult decisions based on evidence, based on protecting our resources, intensive care units. I think the challenge now is for us to do the same with uh, planetary health, just reminding us that 
we have eight years to decarbonize by 50%. That's a reorganization of society far beyond COVID. So other um, people in the environmental game are really looking towards healthcare professionals to, to take up that mantle. And um, I think we're good for it. Mm-hmm. Can I practice decarbonize? There's lots we can do, but you can't decarbonize without the rest of the system decarbonizing. That's a mammoth job, and God, it's an awful lot to get your arms around. And I do look at our own practice. We have a shared um, split practice, rural, urban, in County Louth. And, um, you know, we we can't decarbonise everywhere, but we've instituted a social prescribing scheme. So for people who have, uh, um, might be elderly and alone, uh, we know that's associated with polypharmacy, and we know that uh, medications are our biggest carbon footprint. We also published an audit um, about two years ago in the IMJ, January of 2021, I think it was, showing that just by changing how we prescribe our inhalers, we saved enough carbon to save two car journeys around the globe. And since that's been published, we've been saving carbon ever since. Again, that's evidence-based. That's from the Global Institute for um, uh, Asthma nationally. Uh, it's asthma.ie have a campaign running to uh, to do similar uh, it's also nice and sound guidance so by following the evidence base being our best selves we've saved an enormous amount of carbon so they're called carbon hotspots that's where you want to start mm-hmm. or if you're into social prescribing or you're into park run you take your pick you don't have to do it all and actually one of the biggest boons for planetary health in the last uh, number of years has actually been the introduction of free um, contraceptive care for under 25s and that's huge that's really huge so we're already doing it it's just about putting that moniker on it and realizing that uh, we can and should be leaders in this field and in the practice it, the gps in terms of the like you say the obvious stuff the use of paper the use of plastic recycling all that can be done too can't it like everybody else it, it can i think my bugbear is doing uh, electronic and paper so whenever the the consultant on the other side prints out your referral or as it is in pharmacies, you know, health mail has been great for handiness, but mm-hmm. those uh, prescriptions are printed out in the other end. It's a legal requirement. So we're not really doing joined up thinking. Data has a huge carbon footprint and we'll have to think very carefully what we prescribe and what we what we store. Um, so it's not always necessarily that the envelope is bad and the email is good, um, particularly little tags and uh, signatures and that. But um, no, there's lots we can do. And if you consult the infographic, most of all, Aileen, it's save the practice money. Get your solar panels up. Hopefully in years we'll, to come, we'll have wind turbines and a bit of energy um, self-sufficiency, I think, mm. is going to be something we, we probably need in the years to come. Now, I mentioned the Sustainability Working Group and the ICGP. So what what does that do? Well, as I said, we, we're, I'm a member of Irish Doctors and Environment, but that's uh, got lots of different stakeholders, consultants, NCHD, surgeons, allied healthcare professionals. We wanted to, to make this true for um, uh, GPs. And the way to do that, of course, is through the college, through training, through curriculum. So we have a working group that is representative of the college, we feel. So we've got Dr. John Cox, who is a former board member, former president. Then we have um, Dr. Andrew Rochford, who's the head of quality in Doctors' Health and that's the current president of EQIP, so that's our European kind of <laughs> a member. Uh, Dr. John Allman is a GP trainer and um, practice partner. And then myself as a newly emerged uh, GP. Uh, Aoife Benton is in Sligo as a salary GP, and then we've got a GP trainee who is a, a Dr. Oshin Brady-Bates involved in lots of global health with the Trinity Scheme. So we try to be representative um, and um, 
we um, through our doctors environment we also want to hear more from interested doctors to see where's the carbon in your practice what are you doing what can you do more so it's about awareness unfortunately we're still at a Education, I think, Mm -hmm. despite all of the Attenborough advocacy, despite all of the rhetoric coming from Egypt, which is currently COP, um, we do need more awareness. Thankfully, uh, we have some momentum with the HSE, so I've just come from their launch in Stillorgan. They've launched a sustainability uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, delighted to say three members of our working group were uh, uh, integral in its, um, in its formation. So um, we, do need, we do need advocacy, we do need education, but with eight years we need action. So if there's one thing that listeners could take away, it would be to look at how they prescribe their inhalers. Irish Doctors Environment have just launched a toolkit to help us do that. It's been launched at the Irish Thoracic Society in December. Um, and you can go to IDE, you can go to ICGP and see uh, that toolkit show you where the um, where the carbon is in your inhaler prescribing. But just briefly, dry powder has an exponentially low uh, carbon footprint compared to the sprays. The sprays aren't well delivered, the sprays need a spacer and um, associated with, with much poorer control. So there are simple things that you could do tomorrow to make a huge difference. Uh, you mentioned the HSC, uh, so that Climate Action Sustainability Strategy, we're involved, the Irish Doctors for the Environment were involved. Do you see that as you know, a game changer for the HSC, that they're actually going to have that awareness and hopefully action coming out of that strategy? Well, the, what, the, the strategy is very hopeful, um, but I suppose the proof is in the pudding, and that's going to be the implementation. That's much harder to do. I mean, can Irish healthcare go carbon zero? I think really that would say you would need um, a healthcare system that is efficient, which means one that is fixed. And <laughs> no, We're a long way from no that. No minister has ever done that, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, I think let's get on the road would be, would be the, the, the stronger point. Yeah. And um, now we're talking about it. We have a strategy which we never had before. So let's take those wins. And, and, and I think... And I think there's a lot of public support for that as well. I think people are much more aware of it. As yeah. I say, you mentioned COP there. But we're having, you know, this conversation in the first week of the of the COP in Egypt, uh, COP27, and there's there's a lot of very strong warnings coming from there that you know that there's and quite a deal of pessimism that human mm. beings are actually capable of getting their act together to reduce carbon, you know, emissions enough to stop the planet warming too much. How confident are you, as someone who is more informed maybe than than others? That, for me, is a question about the psychology of climate change and um, fossil fuel companies and uh, other um, dubious actors use despair uh, to achieve inaction. And denial and delay are actually have the same net result. Um, and what's really um, needed is action. And that can be a, have a transformative um, mm. uh, effect on your own mental health. Um, so... I mean, the news is not good. We shouldn't dress it up otherwise. Um, and I do wonder, with all of the rhetoric coming from Egypt, what more words need to be said for us to, to actually do something? Um, if you look at where the carbon is in in healthcare, it's all in tertiary care. And our role is really as protectors of tertiary care. And that's why primary care, if you look at the Wonka Declaration on Planetary Health, we've been identified as 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 leaders in this, I think it can really redefine our our role. Um, like the greenest um, healthcare system is one that's not very busy, and um, we have this longitudinal relationship with our patients, 
with our families. We know their ends. We know all of those teachable moments for smoking advice, for um, alcohol moderation, for, for dietary advice. We can be that tool to, to reduce uh, unscheduled tertiary care beyond the ski trips <laughs> and so forth. Um, so I am hopeful that this can maybe redefine what it means to be a GP. We're early days just yet, but um, I think uh, it's certainly what um, gives me hope. Well, on that hopeful note, we'll wrap up. Thank you, Dr. Sean Owens of Irish Doctors for the Environment, joining us on GP Works today. To find out more about GPs and planetary health, go to the ICGP website and search under planetary health. There are lots of useful links there, including that infographic we mentioned earlier. You've been listening to GP Works, the podcast from the Irish College of General Practitioners. We've lots more episodes you can listen to over on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and new ones coming soon. Be sure to subscribe and let your colleagues know. I'm Aileen Amara and thanks for listening.